we're scared to go to the place to let our souls catch up because there's unresolved emotion and tension and desires for our lives that have been buried. And if we let those come to the surface, then we got to deal with them. But it's scary. And we and I think if we acknowledge that, then we can brace ourselves and go into the fight. Tractionville, Mackenzie here, integrator for the Tractionville podcast. And you are probably wondering why I am here. Well, we have some big news. Your hosts, Chris White and Benj Miller, have been cooking something up this year while we all have been working from home. And I think you're really going to get excited about this. So I'm here today to help them share a little bit more about this big surprise. So guys, are we ready to tell them what you've been keeping top secret this year? Yeah, let's do it. So we've been in hibernation working on a book that is coming out right now. And what we framed this book around is the idea that most of the answers that we seek out in the world are actually already within us. We just need the time to stop and be quiet and reflect and maybe a little guidance to help pull those out. So we are sharing with the world the first ever Clarity Field Guide. So in EOS, we all know that, that we are supposed to take these clarity breaks as part of our leadership abilities. And a lot of people struggle to do it, whether it's prioritizing, whether it's finding value in it, or a lot of people just really, really struggle to know what to do. So this is not a um, follow a single path, but it's a, it's a field guide to help you navigate your own season that you're in and ask some of the questions that are going to provide the value for that season. Yeah. And, and, you know, top tier performers journal, you can see it uh, throughout business. Um, you can see it throughout uh, athletics. Um, look back in history, Marcus Aurelius's um, personal journal, which is called meditations is 1800, 2000 years old. So I think with, with, you know, our owners, our leaders, our executives, um, you know, they're, they're working hard inside their business and they don't always have the time or make the time or see the value in taking the time to slow down and actually step out of the fray, protecting their confidence and maybe rising above whether uh, it's an owner rising above his company or a manager rising above their department, looking down on it and in journaling. And the Clarity Break, which, which is one of the tools in the EOS toolbox that Gino created is a phenomenal concept because it's in those quiet moments where, where we're really reflecting is where we could have that sort of epiphany moment where a light bulb goes off and and you got to write it down or you'll lose it and so i think you know we just building on that wonderful tool that gino made is we're just hanging some questions on it and i'll tell you some of these questions might scare you um you know think about the questions that you've been avoiding you know this book the clarity field guide is going to challenge you we just got off a call with a fellow implementer who had an early manuscript and un unprovoked he said you guys i started i started using it and 
two questions turned into a six hour conversation with my significant other. And the depth that they got into of that conversation was was life-changing for them. Man, there's so much in this already that clearly we're excited about. I know we in this room are very, very stoked about all of that transformation that we know is going to happen with this guide. We absolutely, I know you both and I believe that it can transform the day-to-day for business leaders, implementers, team members. Um, And we're going to use this time today to kind of give you a sneak peek on what's in this book. So let's dive in. Uh, By the way, if you can't stick around for the full episode, but you know you want in on this book, just head over to clarityfieldguide.com, clarityfieldguide.com, and give us your email address so we can let you know any anything new that's coming out about this book. Um, you can also find where you can buy the book there. With that, um, I'm excited to begin. So Benj, Chris, um, I've read the book. You wrote the book and read the book, but our Tractionville community hasn't. So in your own words, can you give us a little bit of you already have a little bit, but give us a summary of kind of the structure that you're talking about, how it's laid out and, and what this book really means to you. Yeah, so the structure was really important to us. Uh, it came out of a conversation that I had with my coach, John Ritchie, episode six, if you're curious, uh, years and years and years ago. And it super stuck with me because I was in one of my moods and I was um, somewhat depressed and he started jotting on his iPad, which he does often, and pulled us, pulls out one of his mental models. And, and it was this. It was the idea that we all go through cycles, especially the more creative that you are, the more visionary you are, the more innovative you are, the more um, kind of EQ mental capacity you have. You go through these cycles where we go through planning. We, we this, you know, we're figuring things out, and then we go execute. And then no matter if the execution is a wild success or a total failure, we always end up in this idea of the doldrums. We, you know, the success doesn't give us what we thought it would emotionally, or the success makes us feel, or the the failure makes us feel awful. So we end up in the doldrums and we stay there for a little while. And then we enter a, a cocooning phase where we start to germinate, where we are starting to come out of our, our doldrums and ideas are starting to form that leads us back into that planning and then executing the doldrums and then cocooning. So one of the things is if we can just recognize that we're in a cycle, where we're at in the cycle, then we have, then we can use it with, it's like the, we can use the power of the cycle instead of fighting against it. So when we go through this and and we use the analogy of the seasons, the seasons map to this perfectly, you know, we've got spring, summer, fall, winter, this is this is this idea is in nature already. So if we can work with it instead of against it, understand where we're at, and then ask the questions that are relevant that we should be asking in that season. Because when we're when we're feeling the doldrums, it's not the time to say, hey, let's go. What are the 20 big ideas for next year? That's that's not the right time. But there is a time. And if we know when that is, then we can leverage that on our behalf. So the whole book, the structure of the book is really set up around what we call the creator cycle. And so as we are part of the creator cycle, we understand that. And then you go to a different section in the book, there's a self-assessment in there. Once you understand what it is, let's assess where we're at and then go to a different section of the book. And it's just a bunch of questions. There's some good quotes in there as thought starters, but it's a bunch of questions relevant to the season that you're in to ask the questions that you need to ask. 
Yeah, and the, and the way we've structured it is when you land um, in a season, so you identify with the description and, and it, it best describes how you're feeling, um, you'll go to that section in the Clarity Field Guide and there'll be a list of questions there. And you can pick one or two of them. And on the opposite page are the journal pages so that you can start capturing your thoughts. So by setting the context and getting the reader into the season, then taking them to very specific questions to the season, um, it makes it easier for them. You know, I love one of the, the quotes at the beginning of the book um, by uh, former Secretary of Defense James Mattis, a four-star uh, Marine Corps general. And he says, if I was to sum up the single biggest mistake of senior leadership in the information age, it's a lack of reflection. Solitude allows you to reflect while others are reacting. We need solitude to refocus on perspective decision-making rather than just reacting to problems as they arise. And I just, you know, when I first read that quote, it was like just getting hit right between the eyes because full disclosure, I really wasn't fully committing to my clarity breaks. Um, you know, you can be, get caught up in our lives, uh, business and, and personal and everything else that's going on. And when I reflect on that, it's I didn't have the discipline because I was a little intimidated looking at a blank piece of paper. And so part of my motivation for the book was selfish and that I need to make this easier for me. And I think if I make it easier for me, it'll be easier for everybody else. So I think that, you know, by the way that Ben described the, the way we've got the creator cycle set up with the four seasons, that people are going to identify and um, it's going to make their journaling easier. Your customers are looking for you online. Earning their attention in business is not an easy task. You deserve a custom strategy tied to your unique business goals that will allow you to rise above the competition. So if you're not confident that your digital presence is driving the sales you need, now is the time to take action. At Rocket Clicks, that's our mission, and we are committed to growing your business online. Mention this podcast when you contact us, and you'll receive a free audit of your website or ad campaigns. No strings attached, no commitment necessary. Let us show you what you're missing. Contact Rocket Clicks today by visiting www.rocketclicks.com. So I'd love to, I think our, our listeners might benefit from hearing a little bit more about these four sections in particular. So each section of the book is it represents a stage in what we're calling the creator cycle. So as Benj mentioned, planning, executing, the doldrums and cocooning. Um, can you guys tell us, just give us a little bit more on each season and what the benefit is of sort of leaning into that season for the, the life and the work of a business leader? The, the, the first is planning. And this is the idea, you're in the idea season, uh, writing and mapping your plans for the next phase of, of your life, uh, personally or professionally. Um, 
from an emotional standpoint, you're probably feeling optimistic and confident and creative. Uh, new ideas are just flowing and they're really acting like fuel for you. Um, and everything's an opportunity. So you're searching for the next best thing and how to go after it. So when you're in the planning season, there's some really good results here. Um, and they include high energy, clarifying identity, uh, increasing your confidence, maybe renewing closed relationships. Uh, you're certainly going to be more creative and, and maybe even more risk-taking. So, so that's what we mean by the planning. Uh, the second one is executing. And this is where you're in a state, you're the most positive, you're visible, um, you're, you're, you're just getting after it. And you're living your dream and working your plan. And, and this season of life is really about accomplishments, right? So you're maintaining your discipline to your, your habits. Uh, your excitement is maybe heading towards a plateau, but you could be well on your way to, to coasting potentially. So in this season, you'll feel secure, you'll feel energized, full of momentum and purposeful. So uh, you're content, but you're still driving hard to building and following the patterns that you've established. So some of the benefits in the executing stage, you have just extreme focus. Um, you're expanding your goals, reaching your goals. Maybe, you know, you're in, you're definitely in your unique ability here um, and delegating uh, everything else to someone uh, uh, else, off of your plate and to someone else. So you're really following your sense of purpose in the executing stage. All right. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, no matter the results of the executing season, they could be really good or really bad. They always end up at the doldrums. And it's worth pointing out that each season and the entire cycle can be different amounts of times for different people and in different seasons of life. So it can be frustrating because the doldrums can just hit you at any moment unexpectedly. Uh, and the doldrums, the, the doldrums really feel like some level of depression, super low energy, low motivation. We tend to um, very much kind of isolate you know, it's the fall. So if you think about what do you do in the fall? Well, you curl up on the couch with a warm blanket and a fire and, you know, sip your pumpkin spiced, whatever. And, and you, you're just kind of, meh. you know, there's not a lot of energy to go do the things that need to be done. And that's okay. So again, we want to not fight against this. Um, but you might, you might even question your purpose, you know, your identity. Um, you're going to question a lot of things in life. And so it's really important in the doldrums not necessarily to even try and answer those because it's not the right time to answer those questions, but you also don't want to get distracted or beat yourself up. So this is the biggest stage that it's like, what in the world's wrong with me? And then once we start to come out of the doldrums, we enter this cocooning season and the cocooning se season is the time to look inward and start to refocus our energy. Um, it's, it's a great time for personal growth for spiritual growth, for inner peace, for solitude. Uh, and out of that, out of the, the new level of health that we can find in that kind of escaping from the doldrums into the cocooning of winter, and you're, you're setting yourself up to come out of winter into spring. So as, as you get to the end of that cocooning cycle, you're going to start to feel those ideas coming. You're going to start to feel the energy build back up. And then you're right back at the beginning of the, se the, the seasons back into spring, back into planning. So 
I think these, the seasons in this creator cycle are so valuable in helping, um, in helping business leaders just understand where they are and have some awareness around that. And there's an assessment in the book that allows you to understand exactly where you're at as you open it up and, and dig in in the right section. Um, one, one other element about this book that's really unique, um, it, it's, so it's set up so that the reader can truly interact with it. They can write their thoughts in it and think through the questions in each season. But you guys could have written a manual on this, right? You, But you set it up in a way that it's for the reader to truly interact and answer the questions for themselves. So tell us a little bit about that. Why did you set it up that way and and why questions? Just like sure. Chris said earlier, it's it's selfish. Um, I, I can get inspired by a book and never think about it again. Um, I love those. I, I would rather do a workshop than hear somebody speak. And that's the way I think about the book too. I could, I could read the book and get all these great ideas, but it's way more practical if, if I experience them. So this isn't a book, it's a field guide. You've got to go out into the field on your own to make it valuable, but the guide is there to help you along the way. And then you can experience it and you can experience the, the value of it, the outcome of it, and hopefully get convicted that this needs to be part of your rituals as a leader. Yeah. And there, you know, there's, there is clinical data that supports when you take a thought or an idea and it travels down your arm to your hand and out through a writing instrument by putting it on paper, the reality of that grows. Um, it's now written down you see it, so it's real, it's tangible, and now you can work with it as opposed to fleeting thoughts coming in and out of your head. Um, you're capturing it in the moment, and then that goes back to, to you know the reflection time, right? You, you'll work through this book for a year, and you'll be able to go back, go back into the seasons and see where you're at, see what was on your mind and on your heart at that time, um, but then also the actions that you did you know, after that. So I think it just, it's, it's just getting that physical connection from your thoughts out on the paper and make them real. And you'll, you're going to get after it. Chris, one of the things that, that inspired me about doing this is most of my great thoughts have been either falling asleep at night or in the shower. Hmm. And when I stopped to go, Whoa, why is that? It's because the distractions were gone. I didn't have my phone. My kids weren't around my employees weren't around, my email wasn't open. And so could I, if those, if some of those ideas were the most valuable thing that I had to contribute to my organization, to my family, to myself, why wouldn't I prioritize that? And then if I was to prioritize that, how do I get to that same level of deep thinking quicker? And so that's what the questions are there to spur you to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is you're alone. So there's no intimidation. There's nobody looking over your shoulder. It's you and your thoughts and, and the field guide. And, you know, I think that to your, to your point earlier, you know, when one of our manuscript readers shared their personal experience um, of, of answering a question and then debating it for six hours, you know, that was mind blowing. I don't know that that's going to happen when you take your clarity break with yourself, but imagine if that happened with you and your team mm -hmm. 
what what impact could that have when you pull your team into it, right? Um, you know, this is about personal growth, professional growth by answering these questions. Um, these questions are going to challenge you. They're meant to, you know, they're meant to challenge you. They're meant to uh, f get you to think deeper. Yeah, just and, like I, in IDS, when we're looking for what's the deeper issue, what's the issue, yeah, what's the issue, these questions are, are supposed to spawn that if we can get to those, what's the deeper issue, we, we're doing this or trying to do that, or this is the goal. But why is that what we really want? Is that who I really was created to be, you know, all those kind of deep questions that, you know, honestly, I hope some of these questions scare some people because they scare me. I'm like, Oh, yeah, we yeah. should write that in there. But I don't want to ask myself that. Right? Like, yeah. There, there's some scary questions in here. And, and so it requires a level of courage and bravery. So I think the value is clear, right? You guys have just spoken to the benefit of taking the time to do this and how you really teed up an amazing opportunity for, for us to all get away, get in our own head and pull out some things that maybe we're afraid of. But you said this too, um, up until now, you didn't feel like you had a tool that helped you do that well, or reflection was sort of something you avoided. I think a lot of people feel that way. It's almost like exercise. You know, you should, you know, you should, yeah. <laughs> but you don't do it. Um, or, you know, you should drink water, but you don't, you don't drink enough water in a day. Can you just speak to why do you think people are resistant to take reflective time What's the roadblock and what would you, what's your answer to it? You know, I, uh, I was in a, a three-day training session uh, two weeks ago and one of our guest speakers was Stephen Pressfield. So for those of you who may not recognize the name, uh, he is, uh, he created um, The Legend of Bagger Vance. He wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance, which obviously got turned into a movie. And he's written many, many other books. Um, the War of Art is a book that I'm reading right now that he wrote. And he said he said a really cool thing um, in our training. Now, he is an author, right? That is his vocation. And uh, uh, he spent 17 years writing before he ever earned his first penny. And, and so he's now obviously very well known, written this wonderful screenplay and uh, multiple books since then. But here's the cool thing that he shared with us. Even as a professional writer, every morning when he does his routine, it eventually lands him at his, in his office in front of his computer with a blank screen staring back at him. And he's coined that resistance. He says, we all face resistance. But even for a professional writer, when I open up my computer, it's a little daunting because there is a blank screen that I have to fill in with words. So my point for bringing this up is you don't have to be a writer to journal. You don't have to be intimidated because we've sort of kind of put the meat on the bone to, 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 to relieve all those things of resistance that would prevent you from starting to journal. And we've made it super easy from a 
structure standpoint, but extremely challenging in the types of questions that you have to answer. So you don't have to be intimidated. Professional, Stephen Pressfield's, uh, you know, he feels the resistance every morning when he looks at his blank screen. So don't be intimidated and just open it up and find the season that that resonates with you and start with answering one question. And maybe you'll do it in 20 minutes and that's okay. If you're done in 20 minutes, you're done in 20 minutes. And then do it again tomorrow. And then do it again the day after. 21 to 30 days to create that habit. And I think uh, I think we've given you the uh, we've given the world a tool that will make it easier for them and less intimidating to write. Piggyback that. I think the resistance, there's both the extrinsic resistance and the intrinsic resistance. And the the extrinsic is um, I'm not going to get any bonus points for doing this. There's no like achiever checklist. The world's not watching this aspect of of my performance. It's not tangible. That we don't we don't feel it, and we don't feel like the people around us are going to value it because I didn't check something off the list. It's not a rock. It's not a to do. It's not on my scorecard. And so it it doesn't get seen. So it doesn't get prioritized. So it's just really easy to to not prioritize. On the intrinsic side, um, I think there's two things that work. Probably twenty. I'm going to give you two. One is that we we are addicted to the noise. As a society, we're addicted to the noise. And so um, to go off in a quiet place without anything flashing at us, talking to us, any input, you know, it's a challenge for, for to turn off the music when you go do a, a clarity break, like turn it all off. And all of a sudden we realize how addicted we are to all those things. We start twitching like, can I just flip up my phone one time? Can I check my notifications? Can I do, you know, we're, we're addicted. The second thing on the intrinsic is I think there's fear. Um, there's an old story about some um, native hunters and some some modern people join them. I don't know where this story comes from, but I love it. Um, join them on a hunt. And so they go out and they march a certain amount uh, of miles and then they just stop. And it wasn't like they were, it was too long or too far. And they're like, hey, we got to keep going. There's all this other, we got to cover more ground. They're like, no, 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 no. We stopped for the night. And they did this for two or three nights and the the modern people were like hey wh- what are we doing we're not getting very far very fast and the natives look at them and said yes but we have to wait for our souls to catch up hmm. and i think we're scared to go to the place to let our souls catch up because there's unresolved emotion and tension and desires for our lives that have been buried and if we let those come to the surface, then we got to deal with them. And so it's scary. If we go there, it's scary. So we may, Chris, you and my, me, we may sell two books for the two people that are brave enough to, to go there. And everybody else may, uh, maybe they'll buy it and put it on a bookshelf. I don't know. But it's scary. And, we, and I think if we acknowledge that, then we can brace ourselves and go into the fight. Sounds like this process requires a lot of courage and... Uh... And you just got a challenge from Binge. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure to take over the podcast and hear from you on this exciting project. It's also been a pleasure to work on it with you. Thank you both for the time. Um, okay, Tractionville, I hope you were jotting down notes. But if you weren't, we've got everything you need at clarityfieldguide.com. That's clarityfieldguide.com. You can sign up there to get notified about the book release. So you can be the first to order the Clarity Field Guide for yourself your clients, your friends, neighbors, whoever. And 
hey, if you're excited about this book, just make sure you share this podcast, get the word out. Again, clarityfieldguide.com for more. Thanks for listening today. And we look forward to seeing you for another Tractionville Tuesday. Tuesday.